Right, so here's the big question. Now that we've shown them we can hurt them, how long until they come knocking at our front door? My guess is when enough of these ships are gathered at one place, the enemy will hit them, and hit them hard. Which would demoralize all sides. Well, as revelations go, I guess I've heard worse. You are the hand. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Why would I say anything as dopey sounding as that? Hello and welcome to Who Are You? The Babylon 5 Watchcast, hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who have gotten to know each other while re-watching one of their favorite shows from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. I'm Laura. And today, we have some more friends. We do. Hello. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Well, I'm... Ryan Slowinski, one of the hosts from Yum Yum Podcast, the only podcast that's the Australian Babylon 5 one. That's right. <laughs> We're the experts. Anytime B5 comes up with some Australian cultural nonsense, I shake my finger and go, uh-uh, that's a lie. Or it's true. Like, like his ex-boyfriend who was Australian, real Australian. One of the few times they bothered to get a real one. Never again, though. <laughs> Never after that. But uh, And he looked like he was wearing some real Australian wool. Oh, yeah. What a, America what a was really obsessed with in the 80s. It was. It was true. But uh, yeah, overall, who I am, I'm just, uh, I'm just your nerd. I'm just your average science fiction TV nerd. I just live and breathe the stuff. And so... I wanted to podcast about it. I'm a big Star Trek fan. I'm a big Babylon 5 fan. And, well, mm-hmm. started podcasting about both of those things. And it's it's just fun to talk about older shows, newer shows. And I'm just uh, I'm just excited to be here. That's very sweet. I'm excited to have you. And I'm Rachel. I'm Ryan's wife and co-host. I became much more of a sci-fi nerd through my relationship with Ryan. He kept on being like, you haven't seen all of Star Trek? It's true. <laughs> it's on free TV. I would hold your hand and say, I promise Voyager gets better. And, and it's one of my favorites now. And then the mm-hmm. Chakotay 7 relationship happened in the final season. You looked at me and said, you promised it wouldn't get worse. I lied. I lied. <laughs> no, you warned me about that. You warned me. You are like, it comes out of nowhere. It does. And it goes Her nowhere. chemistry with the doctor is so much better. Her chemistry with literally anyone else is so much better. <laughs> yep. And we've been, yeah. And now we've been doing podcasts for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. We look at things from the married point of view as well, I guess. We're the only mm-hmm. married couple doing B5, the only people who argue about if if this is an actual good relationship from the point of view of people in a, in a long-term relationship too. It's fun. My husband is watching with me behind the scenes and he has never seen Babylon 5 before. So <laughs> it is a... <laughs> It is fun to do with someone who hasn't seen it and somebody that you know very, very well. I don't think Ryan would have married me if I hadn't watched B V5. I had the DVDs. <laughs> there was no excuse not to watch them. So, it is, yeah. yeah. I actually don't know. Would we be together if you turned around and said, nah, B5 sucks? I don't know. Or if I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not interested in watching that. I don't know if either of you have gotten to that point of a friendship or relationship where you are struggling to choose them or the piece of media you like, but <laughs> I've, I've had plenty of those moments. I think I got rid of all the duds before I had to make that choice. <laughs> <laughs> 
The only thing I struggle with is sometimes he wants to watch the zombie media and I have to figure out what I'm going to do when he's watching the zombie media. <laughs> Gosh, it just gets in my brain. It's hard. <laughs> it, good thing that all those zombie shows are so uplifting. Not a single one is depressing at all. Right. And there's there's none that are really popular right now either. So <laughs> No, totally not the case. No, not at all. It's not like JMS wrote a zombie thing either. Let's never forget World War Z. What a weird yeah. film. <laughs> yeah. I did read that book. <laughs> he kills a kid in that movie too. He really doesn't like kids. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yikes. I'll have to add that to my reasons to read Becoming Superman to see if there's a something underlying there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just, just yes, yes, yes. Have you read Becoming Superman? Yeah, we've listened yeah. to the audiobook version with uh, with Londo reading it, and <laughs> it's it's it, talking about uplifting. J- yeah, you read it and you go, yeah, yeah, you're JMS, aren't you? This is why you, you are the way you are, huh? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm. one of the events of this episode with Franklin getting beat up is inspired by real life events for JMS. Yeah, mm. uh, comes he back was, to this a uh, lot in B five as well. Yeah, we we had this a couple of times already, but yeah, this is the most prominent one and most direct parallel to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the point I was reading old posts on the Usenets, and it was something where he hadn't even really put two and two together that this is what had inspired the story in the first place. Mm. Uh, and he talked about his own walkabout there, where he just wandered around San Diego at two in the morning and then got mugged. Mm. I'm sure it's the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wandered into a situation he shouldn't have and then got stabbed and hurt and had to crawl his way back to life. Yeah. 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 It's there. Mm-hmm. But did he meet Beautiful. himself and did he find that he was a jerk? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, but I think that he probably figured out that he didn't like himself very much. Do you think that? Mm. I, I get that sensation in Babylon 5 that JML, JMS has a, a struggle with his own his own self. Yeah. I get that. A bit. Just a tinge. <laughs> I feel like the it's The highest stel- self-esteem of anybody. Mm. Yeah, this episode almost didn't air in the UK also because oh. of the stabbing scene. They ended mm. up editing out uh, the seven seconds of the direct stabbing <laughs> to air it on a Channel 4. Is that just a censorship thing? Or? earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the UK okay. seemed pretty prudish back then. So uh, they did have, I don't know if you've seen them, but there are some online of, I think Channel 4, you said it, have some fun Babylon 5 personalized TV spots with like the actors, like Richard Biggs, walks onto this really 1990s set and says like, hello there, you're watching Channel 4. Channel 4. Our last best hope. And then he walks off. Mm-hmm. And there's another one with Jerry Doyle. There's a few of them. And <laughs> I find it amusing when these actors from America had to do their own personalized little, hello there, watch my show uh, in your country. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I love it. Were they not in their uniforms? Were they in street clothes? I think they were just in casual clothes. I may be wrong. But uh, yeah, but they weren't their characters. They were very much like, hey, it's me, Jerry Doyle. You yeah. Watch so. Me I don't know if this will make any sense to you at all, but in America, we used to have a kid's show called Reading Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Yes, LeVar Burton hosts yes. some of that okay. now, right? Yeah, yeah, it was LeVar Burton was the host, and he did an episode of Reading Rainbow 
where he went to the next gen set because it was mm. they were filming at the same time <laughs> and uh did a whole episode there with like Patrick Stewart and Michael Doran I think were on it and stuff out of makeup in street clothes reading books to me as a child and I also was watching Star Trek as it was airing at the time mm-hmm. too and just seeing them in street clothes on the bridge as like a seven-year-old maybe six broke my mind yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre it's like when I first saw Leonard Nimoy without the ears and something else I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> you you look different in Columbo Leonard all right Well, with that, we can go ahead and start getting into this episode. We've got Season 3, Episode 21, Shadow Dancing. We open on another one of these ominous Z-10 days now. Yeah, so as we call it, Z-10 days. Ah, Oh, there's there's one of those Australian words. (laughs) Yes. Letters, I suppose. It's a letter, actually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. We're the weird said. ones there, Laura. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're the weird ones. We're we're talking the uh the King's English. <laughs> it is Z, well, not Z. Even the Canadians. Let's just not try to measure anything on this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> so in this opening, Delenn is yelling at the league. She's trying to get as many ships as she can, right? They're but they're not gonna tell them where they're going. I think this is a interesting Bold move. They can't trust them. Have you ever been able to trust the League of Non-Aligned Worlds? I mean, the guy she's arguing with a season or two ago was fighting over colors, for Christ's yeah. sake. Yeah, true. She's right. <laughs> yep. We and need I mean, your there's stuff. There's a lot of dissent there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more people that know a secret, the less of a secret it is. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. I, I noticed in the scene, it seems like she's wearing that Ranger 1 coat, right? That yeah. we saw her get mm-hmm. handed. She's actually got it on. Yeah. She's up. like, I'm here as a representative of the Rangers. I'm not, not em- just. Yeah, I'm not Ambassador Delenn. Yeah. Um, she's Ranger One. She's Ranger One. Mm-hmm. Mm. At the same time as we get this scene, we cut over to Sheridan going over the final, finer details of the exact same plan with mm. Ivanova and Marcus. And it is a grim outlook for the White Star here. Mm-hmm. They say 50-50 chance of making it back, which is yeah. not good. Either they will or they won't. Mm, but it won't stop Marcus from uh, quipping. No, that's, <laughs> that's necessary. If, he, if he's in his final hours, he's got to get all of those quips out, baby. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's in his range outfit. He has a pocket that he just unfurls like a massive amount, like a scroll from that has all of his quips that he's written down over the years. <laughs> and he's going to use each one of them before he goes. And Ivanova's just going to grind singers. her teeth down to the nub. Does it expand out <laughs> further like the pike does too? Oh, yes, yes, that's exactly it. Pushes a button and just a scroll pops out like the pike. It just unfurls like a firework. <laughs> Those are real now, by the way. Yes. Those collapsible staves. I do not need one and should not have one for a number of reasons, but... No. Shoot your eye out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't stop you from wanting one, though, does it? He says this as he looks on Amazon for one. <laughs> Minbari fighting... Pike? Is it Pike? Yeah. <laughs> need one. Yeah. We go to theme after this, and when we come back, the league is in. It's The, the scene's kind of set up to make you think that it, the answer is no before yeah, anything is said. Yeah, It's a fun fake out, though. I love the cinematography in this particular scene. It's also just a striking image to see the council chambers just 
virtually empty. It's just these two, and uh, I don't remember which particular actor it is that's playing this Drazi, because there's a few different Drazi ambassador mm-hmm. actors. Mm-hmm. But he's great. He's great. And I don't know what it is. This episode in particular... Whoever was the director of it was like, I want to show off the makeup because there's lots of close-up shots of these actors in the alien makeup. It's mm-hmm. like glory shots of like, look how good our makeup is. And you know what? The Pac-Mara earlier, it wiggled his little mm-hmm. tendrils. Looked great. Love it. This, this guy one wasn't looked great. A- Adam, was it? No, that's next episode directed by Adam Nimoy. Mm-hmm. Probably, I don't that's remember, right. David J. Eagle or, or somebody. Yeah. The usual contenders. Mm-hmm. So Marcus and Ivanova head off. And we get a little bit, uh, may God stand between you and harm and all the places you must walk, all the empty places. Uh, I was under the impression that Ivanova was God. So maybe yeah. this is just directed to Marcus. <laughs> yes. I mean, that makes sense, too, in their dynamic that she she is the power and he's the subservient one. So he yeah. needs to know who's who's the top dog here. Oh, She's he knows. Gone. He's fine with it. He, he's well aware. <laughs> he likes it. <laughs> Yep. After this, Garibaldi and Zach Westwing while talking about Franklin to remind us of his status before we cut over to him. Yeah. Uh, Does this scene strike anybody else as particularly sad, considering the fates of both actors, Jeff Conaway I mean, and yeah. Jerry Doyle? Yes. Yeah. I actually feel sad, sad on a character level because I love Zach Allen and I think Jeff Conaway does a really marvelous job with very little given here because there are these mm. moments where he's saying the oh, he's got to get his head screwed on straight and uh, you got to let him do it on his own. But even then, with those lines, you see Jeff just have these momentary pauses and looks on his face of, like, even I don't believe that fully. Like, just before the scene ends, he walks towards the doorway, stops, turns back and looks and almost is contemplating saying something and then just does the Zach Allen thing of, eh, it's not my place. I'm just going to walk on. Yeah. I'm just, who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I? I'm just Zach Allen. I'm just mm-hmm. a, I'm just your average cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. i got to get a bagel. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Do cops eat bagels in Australia? Is that a stereotype? I, don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, does, does he not look like a bagelman? <laughs> I mean... Jeff Conway? Yes. Zach, Zach Allen? Allen? Definitely. Uh, hey, we know he's a pizza man. He's a pizza man. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. That's confirmed. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. That's you spoilers. know what you got me? What's what's Zach Allen's <laughs> snack of choice? Mm, I don't think of bagels as being a snack. I don't know. It's something. It's not a full-on meal. I'm not going to say like, oh, yeah, that's like people lunch. People have them for breakfast or yeah. with cream cheese and salmon. Yeah, but sometimes lunch. cops get uh-huh. these things just as a snack to boost their spirits. Mm. I mean, Zach Allen strikes me as the type who would eat a whole sleeve of saltine crackers. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, uh, day before payday, man. That's <laughs> all I have. He has a cabinossi in his pocket. <laughs> he's he's definitely a paycheck to paycheck man yeah for sure yeah. uh after this we cut over to down below and we get some fucking tourists because everybody hates a tourist everybody hates a tourist it's hard for me to not think of that woman as a karen even though oh, she yeah. is called barbara mm. she gives such <laughs> karen vibes yeah. and it's just like these people have always existed. They have. Yeah. Would, would you She's be actually surpri- a pundit from Fox News. You yes. can't tell me otherwise. 
Now, I loved her lines of dialogue because obviously you're focusing on the scene where it's about this little girl has dropped her ball and it's gone over to Franklin and it's like this ironic thing of, hey, watch out, you don't know where he's been. And it's like, well, actually, he was the chief medical officer of Babylon Mm -hmm. 5. Like, that's a thing. But I just could not help but keep listening to the dialogue she kept spouting during Mm -hmm. the scene where it's supposed to be in the background. So good. And... It was hilarious. And I just love the husband, this this absolute Every loser. time you come back from your mother's, she reads trash. <laughs> no, she reads a lot. She reads trash. She reads trash. Um, He's fixed yeah. the economy. That's good enough for me. I don't know if you know too much about this actress by any chance, because I had to look her up, because it's just, she's, she's weird. And I found out she was one of the original founding members or one of the original members of the Groundlings. So the improv uh, troupe. And that makes sense because I wonder if she's mm. improvising lines here because it could be mm. or it could just be JMS being like, I, I've written some funny stuff, just be wacky. But who knows? Given how little improvisation it was typically allowed on Babylon 5, it is that is a good question. <laughs> it's also weird that they got like an improv person, like one of the founding groundlings, just to be a wacky character. I know that they're supposed to be husband and wife. It's obvious from the dialogue, but she has big mom energy. Like she's acting like his mother. <laughs> mm-hmm. Saying she's a mommy in the relationship. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very <laughs> awkward. Um, this scene is where my husband paused for a second for me to write some notes, and he turns to me and he says, "What happened to that machine that heals everyone?" You know, <laughs> the thing that healed everyone? Like, couldn't that be useful right now? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, what did happen to that machine? Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they used it that yeah. one time. To save so, Garibaldi, so. so I think it's done, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's in the Totally uh, not coming Raiders back. Of, yeah. The Raiders. Yeah. Of, yeah. It's, uh, it's too dangerous vault. to be used again. We all know this. So it's we, just, haven't, we haven't studied it enough to yeah. see if it's it can help with the action. Somewhere. It could be catastrophic we, if someone were to use it. They they might not survive. We just can't. Yeah. It'd be real bad. Maybe can't we put it. it down on Epsilon 3 so nobody's tempted by it. Ooh, so, and it's not a security so, risk of somebody no. just finding it and using it unsupervised. No, it's uh, Dr. Hernandez and Lillian Hobbs are playing with the knobs. They're just twiddling with it. <laughs> That's where they, those characters are. <laughs> Whenever they're not on screen, you're saying, where are they? They're playing with the life they're machine. They're researching. They're researching. That's Lillian it. Hobbs all over that. I, am, I was thinking <laughs> I was going to ask is, why are there t- like Earth tourists on Babylon 5 when it's broken away from Earth? And like, why is right. this scene and, happening? And she mentions uh, it. She says they shouldn't have broken yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, what? there were poor people in Down Below before they broke away from Earth. Yeah. You no. know. It's just such a weird detail. Jameis actually addressed that on Usenet because someone complained about that. Good. And it's all like, well, (laughs) you can be a tourist in countries that the, like, now, with a U.S. passport, you can go to countries that the U.S. doesn't recognize as legitimate countries. Yeah. You are physically able of traveling. You just might have some trouble. (laughs) Yeah. I just find it amusing. It's like if you went to North Korea and then walked around with your hands on your hips saying, these stupid North Koreans and their silly government, why would they not abide by American values? Like, that's what she's doing. Yeah. (laughs) And one of the most dangerous places of the station. Just... Yeah. Uh They're lucky it was Franklin. But they have a brochure. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're allowed to be there. Yeah, well, yeah. Somebody printed a brochure that explained down below and gave directions. That makes sense. <laughs> what makes it even funny is thinking about this husband and wife booking their 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 uh, vacation here. They're sitting at home bickering about like, no, I want to go to this place. No, we're going to Babylon 5. Why, Barbara? You don't want to go there. Okay. It's like, because I want to laugh at the homeless. See, for me, it doesn't read as if they've gone to Babylon 5 for their holiday. It reads as a pit stop. Like oh, they were yeah. going somewhere no, else. And the shuttle like, got cancelled. They're on layover. Yeah. <laughs> or like they're just on their way back. And since they, they went to a place that still recognizes Babylon 5, like, mm. I don't know, Minbar or. They oh, went I, to Centauri oh, Prime. I would have loved to see these freaks at Minbar. Yeah, that would <laughs> yeah. be great. And they're like, well, we're, we're going to stop here because this is the transfer point. I, they're on Minbar and they're looking at all the triangles that Minbar have. And they're like, what is with these freaks and their triangles? Are those freaks haven't changed in centuries. Are those bones on their heads or little hats? I cannot fathom it. <laughs> Look, JMS, make this a whole show about these two characters. That's what Crusade. Crusade. <laughs> That's what we want for the reboot. Two. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would love like if, if like Babylon Five was coming out like during the late noughties, mm. and you got those web series. Oh yeah, the little webisodes. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. of their adventures. I would have killed for that. That sounds great. <laughs> Honestly, maybe that's what you do instead of. Uh, and now for a word from, you mm. do you do a whole episode from this perspective. From the tourists. Mm-hmm. Just traveling around the world. Jerry Seinfelding, what's with all the triangles? <laughs> It'd be hilarious, you're right. Richard Ayoade's Travel Man on Babylon 5. <laughs> <laughs> He's there with some irreverent British comedian and they're both oh, unimpressed. No, like the, the travels with my dad... But it's travels mm. with my mom, and it's the mm. two of them. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm right. actually her husband. I love yeah. the vibe. <laughs> I know. I, I can't imagine JMS sitting there going, oh, "Wow, I didn't expect anyone to get so much mileage out of these two background characters that hammer in a very obvious theme." <laughs> this is what you get when you get improv acting. After this, we get another countdown on our ticker. Z minus six days. That was for Thank both you. of you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Marcus here is the guy in your college dorm who flirted in French all the time but lied about what he was actually saying. Mm-hmm. It is It is awkward mm-hmm. as hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you didn't find just it? Like, did you think that you would never find out what you actually said? Or were you counting on her not remembering that, or did that. you think it was going to be impressive when she did find out that you you oh, it's lied about it, sure. but you didn't majorly lie about it mm-hmm. at the same yeah. time? Like, when he explains what it means, it's like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, like, I kind of I get that version of the translation you're being a little bit euphemistic here. Mm-hmm. He's basically, yeah. the thing that drives me up the wall is he says this beautiful, like, I love you thing in Minbari. We get the subtitles. Well, the few times we get the mm-hmm. subtitles in ba- Babylon 5, it's like, ooh, very special. But then he is asked to explain what he said, and he just, 
almost says what he actually said in Minbari, and she's like, well, that's an odd thing to say. It's like, well, they're an that's odd some people. That's an odd greeting. <laughs> like, it's one of those where it's like, he didn't lie enough. <laughs> no. It's like he didn't fully commit, because then that would be against his values. Mm, but he doesn't want to go fully in mm. either. And it's so frustrating. Yeah. I think in his mind, how this plays out is she starts taking Mimbari lessons from him. And on the year anniversary of him saying this, he finally <laughs> teaches her what it means. And then they make uh, out. That's how no, it's playing out in his brain. No, 100%. That like a Star Trek Picard plot. <laughs> <laughs> Romulans only tell the people they love their real name. Like, ugh. <laughs> but no, I, I don't know. I think Jason Carter, we're making fun, but I think Jason Carter just has that pitch-perfect amount of awkwardness and gentleman mm-hmm. manner and just actual mm-hmm. sweetness where, you know, as somebody who's a bit cynical to, to romances, especially in my sci-fi shows, I watch this scene and I go, oh, you know what? He's he's playing the game, but, I mean, we all have to when we're trying to court somebody. Just the fact Mm. that he manages to still give virgin vibes while being that sexy, I find impressive. (laughs) Mm. I like gardens. (laughs) He's a theatre kid. Mm -hmm. He comes with the territory. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get the bit about the bed. I I laughed out loud. This is hilarious. Ivanova can't sleep on this incline. She Mm. keeps sliding down. She manages to get it a little bit, lays down. It tilts a bit more, and she slides off the other end. Classic bit. Chef's kiss. You could could feel they wanted to do a little bit of comedy music there, but B5 doesn't do that anymore. They're told not to do any more comedy music. I got uh, thrown off for a second because I thought you were referring to the part where he's like, I like four-poster beds too. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were saying that you laughed at that. And I was like, I mean, oh, that's a bit. Look, look, I did laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Same. Now, I want to ask, what version are you watching for Babylon 5? We are watching this on the DVDs because down here in Australia, we don't have all of the services that has the new HD remaster. So are you watching it on, on Tubi or whatever it is? Neither of us are, actually. I'm watching on Vudu, where I purchased the series before it was made available on HBO Max a couple of years ago. So I got upgraded to the remaster for free, which was awesome. Oh, nice. Uh, and then, Laura, you're watching on Apple TV? Yeah, we bought yes. it on Apple TV. So is it in the old ratio, the square, the 4 by 3 Yes. So mm-hmm. interesting about having it on DVD in the 16 by 9 is you get to see one of the crew members' hands grab Claudia Christian's head and gently bring it down to the ground because oh, that's a piece of fun. <laughs> that's a piece of fun. Well, I'm glad someone was looking out for her. Yeah. <laughs> Safe um, stunts. Safe mm-hmm. stunts I, and be fun. I have a question for the group here as well. Related to this, what is the most uncomfortable place you've ever slept I, I do mean physically. I want to clarify that. Oh, the most mentally? physically uncomfortable uh, place you've ever slept. Um, well, here's a story where Ryan gets to complain about my family. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yes. When we were ready to get, when we were uh, about to get married, we went mm-hmm. back to Rachel's uh, hometown area. We were staying at her mother's new place, and her mum had a uh, fold out couch, was it? Futon. A futon. And it did not fit both of us. So I was... It was 
lumpy as all hell. Lumpy as all hell. I was almost like pressed up against the side of it. So it's like the the armchair, like the arms part of the, this couch was just on my neck and I'm like dying. And then I'm having to roll on the floor. But then even Rachel later in the night rolled on top of me on the floor because even she couldn't get comfortable <laughs> in this bed. And I'm like, is this going to be my marriage? <laughs> Is this it? Is this it? I actually thought there was a time in university we were at a friend's house and they only had one single mattress there and it was on like a bunk bed. So we were on the lower bunk and there was not enough room for either of us and I was also pressed up against a wall like a gecko climbing a wall. (laughs) That was a weird night. I've slept in bathtubs a couple of times. Which which end is your head on though? Tap side? Oh no, 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 no. That's you can't do no, that, right? that's how you wake up and hit your head. No, yeah, not on the tap side. It's it's feet end. But then you have the option of the the best bathtub is when to sleep in is one where the tap's in the middle. True. <laughs> when I was in college, I fell asleep in a bar on Frenchman Street in New Orleans. <laughs> and I this was not a like too many drinks situation. Okay. I was underage because Everyone in New Orleans assumed that because I was tall, I was over 21, Uh, Mm -hmm. even though I've been this height since I was 16, whatever, you know. I had one drink, but it was very late, and I am a sleepy person. (laughs) (laughs) And so there was a bench, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to lay on this bench for a minute. One of my friends was sitting next to me, and they just kind of took turns making sure somebody sat next to me while I slept on this bench, and, you know, in a noisy bar. I slept under a bench in an airport once, but I did have too much to drink. So I was flying home. I was at LaGuardia Airport in New York, and my flight had gotten delayed, 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 and then mm-hmm. canceled. And while it was getting delayed, it's all like, okay, well, I know I'm cabbing home from the airport, so I'm going to have a drink at the bar, just waste of time. It's like, I delayed again, I'll have another drink. So I ended up getting like a couple in, and <laughs> uh, then it gets canceled, but my rescheduled flight is for like 5.30 in the morning and it is like Mm. 11.30 midnight or something. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, well, it's at the same gate. I already know that. So I just got under the bench and took a nap. And uh, security woke me up about four, kicked me out of the terminal so that they could clean it. And then I went to a hotel lobby for an hour nearby hung out, and then cabbed back to the airport to fly home. <laughs> now you met John be, Candy and went it. on a cross-country adventure. <laughs> that changed your life forever. <laughs> Kevin Bacon stole your cab. <laughs> yeah, I have also one at my mum's house, oddly enough, where it was that same futon, but I was there on my own. So instead of sleeping on the futon... I just laid blankets on the floor and I had to sleep like that for a week. Well, that's what Ivanova tried to do. She yeah. she got all the little triangle mm-hmm. pillows and laid them as a little bed, mm-hmm. which I thought was ingenious, by the way. I was like, that looks Very comfortable, yeah. actually. Let me do that. <laughs> My other one, though, it, it was... It's more the, the aftermath of it that makes it uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was, I was, I had a swag... Which, are either of you familiar with the idea of a swag? No. Those are like corporate freebies here. That's what that yeah. word means. <laughs> yeah. um, they play disc golf. They don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what is this camping? 
<laughs> yeah, it's a it's a piece of camping equipment. It's like you have the like foam mattress and your your bedding, and you zip it all up in a sort of like bag. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's a full, it's a it's a bag mattress basically. Yeah. Um. So then you can just roll out your swag and then all of your bedding and your stuff is in, is, it. Is mm. in it, ready to go. And then you okay. can like zip it up as a like an extra sleeping bag sort of thing as well. Franklin should have one of those on him. Yeah, we call those that mummy bags sense. here. That would make sense. You need that for um, walkabout. Yeah. So I was out staying with my dad and we were staying in my uncle's place and he had this house that was like, had been abandoned on his property and we were sleeping in the abandoned house that had no electricity. (laughs) But uh, ghosts. (laughs) No. So we got there at like, I know, I think it was like 1230 at night. So I was having to roll out this swag in the dark (laughs) in this room of this abandoned house. And then I'm like hearing crunching and I'm like, I'm too tired. No. Too tired for this. Too tired for this. And then so I was sleeping on the swag, which was fairly comfortable, but it was creepy being in an abandoned house essentially with crunching under you that you're like i'm not going to investigate that yeah (laughs) yeah and then i kind of forgot about it and then i was rolling up the swag a couple of days later when we were leaving and then i was like ah that's a rat skeleton i've been sleeping (gasps) on (laughs) yay oh Fully just bones. For for the listener yeah. out there, you're missing out on the video experience because Laura's soul left her body then. It just it just left. It just said, goodbye, I'm going into a soul hunter's ball now. Yeah, that's shock and trauma. <laughs> so I think that's probably one of my worst sleeping experiences. True. Yeah. 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 I was afraid it was it. going in the, the like snake or large spider direction because that's one of the few things I know about your country. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Glad it didn't we go there. Uh, no, uh, no that, the Hudsons were on the wall. It was fine. The spiders were on the uh, wall. Yeah. It was fine. Where you can see them. Yeah. 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 And they can see you. Yeah. Hudson, <laughs> I don't get how any of you live in climates where the bugs get bigger than like two inches. They're friendly like... bugs if you don't annoy them. No, thanks. Back to the episode, we do mirror, mirror a little bit of this with Ivanova's sleeping situation as Delenn states her intention to watch Sheridan sleep. Yeah, an indecent proposal. I would not be okay. Like, if I was in love with someone and this was culturally important to them, I could probably deal. But mm-hmm. it's not going to go well. Like, it, one is a concept. This creeps me out. <laughs> but also, I've been told multiple times that I occasionally sleep with my eyes open. Nice. <laughs> so awesome. so I can only imagine what the experience would be like for to have someone watch me sleep like that. Mm. No one is no Your one watches. Face. Mm. <laughs> Your true face is saying I'm looking my at you. True face is just <laughs> Look, just eyes this are isn't wide the, open staring. This isn't the weirdest Minbari no, ceremony no, we'll no, get. No. There will be plenty of no. weirder ones that involve people uh also, eavesdropping on certain uh, physical it's things. It's not even eavesdropping, because eavesdropping suggests some level of you don't know they're there. 
<laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Let's free. Hey, never forget. All of this Minbari stuff is because Sinclair wrote the book on this. This is Sinclair's fault. I blame fault. him. This like, is Sinclair's fault. Some of their traditions predate Valen. No, but all of the things are like, Valen made this rule because Sinclair mm-hmm. fucked. He was a freak. He was a kinky boy. He had frictionless sheets and he wants us to look at each other as we sleep. He liked to watch. <laughs> frictionless sheets. Oh no, you just slide right off the bed. What's the point? He is the point. You can't grip. He, he is the point. He doesn't make you fall off the bed because he's fucking you so hard on it that you stay there. <laughs> he's he's a he's a he, yeah he's he's a monster. <laughs> uh, okay, what happens? Franklin gets mugged. That's what happens yes. next. Yeah, okay. yeah, he, got, he hears somebody screaming or like being attacked in some way. And he jumps into action to be the mm-hmm. superhero and gets himself stabbed. My my favorite part of this is our good dear friend and the guest that we had on this particular discussion on our podcast said that the best character in the episode is the the guy's friend, the one who stabs him, the guy's friend who's like, "Hey, why did you do that, man? You're so crazy sometimes." It's like, what's their relationship? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we get a web series on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's he what I mean, what's his life like? He gets up in the morning and having to worry that my friend may stab someone today. I live with that. Yeah, Ugh. I'm still in business with him though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to cut ties. Like, he gets yeah. the job done. The best part of it is Franklin does that noble thing. Oh, I'll step in mm-hmm. and I'll save this guy. And then the guy he saves turns around and just says, Ah, I'm going to leave you to die because I was selling drugs. Goodbye. No. I'm yeah. not going to send anybody in your direction because that's too much of a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. To send somebody else. Mm-hmm. He'll investigate me. Yeah, yeah, that's the look. cab, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, he gets stabbed and left alone to commercial. And when we come back, the blood loss is bad as Franklin is still screaming for help. Very funny moment where he looks at his blood-covered hand and says, oh no, this is not good. And I'm like, <laughs> is that a medical opinion, Franklin? It's all right. I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> He's a doctor. He would know. I mean... He's got a bad history when it comes to self-diagnosis, so he should probably oh, not. He does. True. It annoys me. It annoys me that he just uses his hand to put pressure on the wound. Like you're wearing a jacket, Franklin. He's but he's cold. <laughs> it's before he gets cold even. No, 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 down below is just a bit chilly. That's why everyone's wearing rags and warming their hands at trash can fires. Remember that? Remember yes. that scene in one of the previous episodes where we saw I, them have a trash I, can I, fire? I do, I do. And I believe that that comes back at least yeah. a couple more times. Yeah, there's no heat, I guess, in down below. Space is cold. Yeah, yeah, but like the more you bleed out, the less pressure you're going to be able to put on your own wound. Look, mm. Franklin, Franklin's not in doctor mode at the moment. Don't worry, a version of that will come shortly for him. We cut over to Ivanova, who has made herself that bed out of the triangle pillows. But as soon as she lays down, Marcus calls her to the bridge as they found a shadow scout ship. Mm. Yeah, this is what they were here for. They were to scout and watch, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah. They've been there for so. days per our Zed countdown. That's yeah. true. So we know uh, Sheridan and Delenn arrive on a Mimbari cruiser, and everyone starts heading in for the battle. Delenn takes Sheridan to the tactical center of the ship, 
which is totally not just the Grey Council set. No, no, no. Totally different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's different. Yeah, this is the Tactical Center, not the Grey Council set. I like how you say- Totally it. different wait, lines. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I like how we say it's the Grey Council set. Like, it's, it's a set. A, not it's just, just a black a, void. Not just a black room with a light. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, the like, little the... chandelier thing. Oh, the CG chandelier. It's the same set as the Inquisitor set as well, if we want to go there. Like, I just love our B5. It's very uh, practical. It's like, we only have 14 walls, and we're going to have to make 78 <laughs> sets out of this. And you know what? God bless them, they do it. Sometimes they'll cut to, like... Here's Centauri Prime, and it's just a bunch of curtains. <laughs> Always, like, they've recreated Centauri Prime on Narn. Yeah. Totally yes. not the same yeah. set, It's guys. totally not the same it's set. totally not the same set. <laughs> it's not the same set. But, I mean, even Deep Space Nine did that, too. It's like, look, it's Cardassia. Oh, yeah. You can tell because there's curtains. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Cardassians are curtain people. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's co- kind of orange, you know, it's kind of one color that we know yeah. that this planet is. Yeah. <laughs> we go back over to Franklin who visits anybody canyon and then he finally meets himself. Yeah. Mm. And and he is a smug asshole to himself, so at least he's consistent. We can say yes. that about him. Yeah. I call this one mean Franklin cuz I'm really original. Yeah. <laughs> Evil Franklin. No. Franklin. <laughs> the evil German Franklin. Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> he's in the black uniform too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's really? all business. You know, not like they're going to do another outfit for him. No, he's only got the one Cosby-esque sweater he wears a couple times when he's off duty. No, no, I'm going to yeah. argue. No, no, argument started now. Franklin, when he's out of uniform. Is a fucking snappy dresser, but the problem is we don't see him out of scrubs or uniform all that often. No. Go back to Soul Hunter. He rocks up in this big jacket with a sexy scarf and like a, a button-up shirt, and I'm like, who's this guy? Oh hey. boy, I can't wait to see this ladies' man. And then they put him in the scrubs, and he's too busy being sad. I I don't <laughs> mind the amount that we get shirtless Franklin instead. My favorite Franklin outfit, shirtless. <laughs> Worth noting today. Of the day of recording is actually mm-hmm. Richard Big's birthday as well. Yes. Yeah. It's a really sh- yeah. a shame that he died so young. Like yeah. he was the first to go. I I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He was the first cast member to unfortunately yeah. leave us, and uh, yeah, real real bummer. My husband and I were talking about it over dinner, and I was like, I you know, I really feel like as an actor, he could have been doing more, you know in the aughts and in the last few years even, like as an older actor, mm-hmm. if if he hadn't passed away, unfortunately. It's it's strange that one of his last performances is uh, Drake and Josh, where he played the F- an FBI agent. Yeah. And the episode's yeah. dedicated to him, and it's just like really surreal because it's like, oh, that's Dr. F-. He was actually going to be a main character in uh, another medical drama where one of the lead actors is Corwin from Babylon 5. He was a recurring character in that and they planned for him to be like a season-long mainstay, but then he passed away, unfortunately. So, yeah, you know, he had had a career ahead of him for sure. Mainly playing doctors and authority figures, but boy, is he good at it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If you got a thing that's working, (laughs) you got to make that money, right? (laughs) If only he was in house. He totally would be on a zombie show right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. A zombie show? Of course. Yeah, yeah. One of them. I don't know. The White Star destroys the Shadow Scout ship at the cost of its engines. 
as mm. the shadow fleet moves in, and it's a big fleet. There's a lot mm. of little CGI This ships. is a little shit your pants moment. Like, we've at most seen three, maybe four shadow ships before this point, and it is just, they just keep coming. It is a ton. I always appreciated that, you know, you know, it's obvious to point out that the effects don't hold up, but... I think they look pretty great, nonetheless, especially in season three and season four. It got better over the course of the show, but I always appreciated that they, that they did. B5 didn't skimp out on spaceship stuff, on, on like the spaceship battles. Whenever I would watch these shows, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to finally have a spaceship battle, and they'll leave it for that one special episode. But B5, like every season, they'll sprinkle like four or five episodes with like some cool ships flying around and zapping and doing stuff and they're always very creative with the shadow ships because you point out like we've had the the army of ninjas thing where it's like one of them is deadly but when you get an army of them they're not so deadly but here they still manage to make a whole armada of shadow ships very intimidating nonetheless they have the option on the white star they can risk sending the signal even though they can't escape knowing that the shadow ships will probably come for them they decide to go ahead and do that who wants to live forever yeah. Malakas does, actually. Oh, 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 I've got some news. Uh, well, that's for another time. <laughs> no that's for a short story written by JMS. <laughs> right. A bad, uh, bad short story. It's not that it is, bad. I haven't actually read it, but I've read the synopsis of it, and the plot makes me go... Uh, See, I cringe, read it without cringe is the word the that's being used these days. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's it's. I don't cringe. think I would have made it through if I'd read this. My, my look, look, my big spoiler, <laughs> spoiler here. Literally, when we have the end credits of B five, the one they have for Marcus is just some graphic saying he's in cryo freeze because JMS wrote the short story and he's saying it's canon, and I hate that. Fun fact, <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, JMS. Speaking Ugh. of cringe things, Mean Franklin is still berating our Franklin about his past. Mm-hmm. Says he runs away from everything. And Franklin, the evil one's calling the R Franklin hella cringe. Like, hey, buddy, <laughs> do you remember that awkward haircut you had when you were 12? Well, I'm making fun of it now. <laughs> yeah, he's like bringing up everything. Every <laughs> last thing. He's, he's paranoia oh. from Red Dwarf. And do you know there's a stain on the front of your trousers? You're a loser. Uh, <laughs> Richard Biggs I, I don't know how often you guys have talked about this but he, he was one of like the actors on the show that instantly got their character from the beginning right like I always forget mm-hmm. to think about Richard Biggs the performer I always think about Franklin just as a character and this whole entire sequence is just let's give Richard Biggs a lot of fun acting to do because he's having to act opposite of himself which is always difficult but also he has to differentiate these things and both Franklin's you see how these are the two sides of the character we've been experiencing throughout the show. And I just, you know, we've got to hand it to Richard Biggs for being the the, the, the cast member who I, I honestly think has been very, very consistent. And, you know, he, he's not afraid to make the character not likable. It's, it's like irrelevant to the performances. Like, I'm just going to play Franklin to the point where I forget that there's even an actor there. I think he carries off some really wild stuff with Franklin very well. Like... If it wasn't Richard Biggs doing it, it might not have come out the way it did. And he's funny. Like, 
this mm-hmm. scene, it's very intense, but there's some funny bits here, like, oh, I'm sorry, oh, that's right, you're too busy dying, aren't you? Oh, I'm so sorry to <laughs> bothered you here. Or when he's standing, like, he's sitting up on the thing, and he, like, claps his hands and goes, hey, it's me. <laughs> Franklin doesn't get the chance to go hammy or over the top, so having a whole persona, having, like, a whole visage of that is just a delight. <laughs> he's letting some stuff out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, The fleet arrives in time to start the battle before the shadow ships start a run on Ivanova's White Star. It's a very tense moment there, but everyone comes in just in time. As soon as one of the shadow ships turns to engage, all the jump gates open and everyone shows up. That's when JMS cracked his knuckles and said, I better save this before it ends. Yep. Franklin tells himself he'd do it all over again. All over again. Mm -hmm. All over again. (laughs) <laughs> all over again all over again he would and uh evil franklin just becomes his like franklin's dad in the scene he's like well if that's yeah. the case then get up soldier get up the, that ground and climb up like he just becomes paul winfield in that whole entire scene yeah i mean he yeah. definitely does channel his dad 100 percent. it that's good this doesn't make sense to me though in what way i don't believe that franklin has no regrets well, he he okay. does have well he goes into this later in his in his conversation with Sheridan later on. Yeah. Where he has a more crystalline view of why he has come to this realization, but here it's it is a very much like I do want to do it all over again. Like I want to have a second shot. Like, I think later on it will be I'm a, not going to do it the same. I'm not going to do wanna, it the same I, I was I before, wanna, but I want another chance but and I'm going to fight for I it. I think there's an acknowledgement that it's like, yeah, I fucked up, but I'm not going to pretend that didn't happen. I'm not going to run away from from that side of mm-hmm. myself like I have been. Like this whole we'll get into it later, but the whole walkabout concept was just an excuse. Even though he's saying he's searching for himself, he's actually trying to run away from himself. And here he yeah. is confronted by the harsh truth, and it doesn't like him very much. I just, it's that choice of words to me. Like, I feel like, I don't know. You know, it's all like, I want to continue, or, you know, there's, I don't know. It's just do it all again. And he just keeps saying it. And it's just, I don't know. It didn't sit well with me. Just that particular. I don't know if it was, I don't think it was the delivery. I don't think anything could have been done to change that if for the better. But. Uh, he does pull himself up and he does make his way towards the marketplace. Meanwhile, the Shadow Fleet fight continues and they end up retreating. So it is a victory, but a theric one. We see blown up White Star chunks for the first time, too. Uh, mm. I mean, it's only the it's only the second time we've seen White Stars besides our hero ship White Star. So yeah. we haven't really had an opportunity to see chunks of White Star, but I found that very jarring. Like, the first time you see chunks of the Enterprise or, like, mm-hmm. I think in uh, TNG you see the Yamoto blow up before mm-hmm. you see any alternate universe shenanigans where the Enterprise D blows yeah, up. I mean, when you see the, the, the vessel of your show explode, it is very... Oh. Uh, Visceral? visceral when yeah. it happened in TNG in the episode cause and effect where the enterprise spun out and then it exploded. I was like, Oh my God. As a kid, I was like, in the cold Oh my open. God. They fucking exploded the enterprise. And in then the first minute of the show, they explode yeah. the enterprise. <laughs> evacuate, evacuate. Oh, boom. It's gone. And then, Oh, we're back to it again. I mean, 
and you know we we've seen Babylon Five explode already in this show as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the White Star. I actually thought the the image of I can't remember if it's in, it, it's all a blur of the CGI battle sequences. But there's the one of the Minbari ships explodes and the shadow ship just flies right through the debris of it, and that's a very like vivid image. It's also mm-hmm. the, one of the thumbnails on the DVD. It's it's very it's very striking. Yeah. Yeah. They did a great job with this battle with all the effects. Franklin is hallucinating more as they take him to MedLab, and the fleet arrives back with their wounded. And then we get another Z minus four days. Woohoo! Z minus. Yeah. Garibaldi is by Franklin's bedside as he wakes up. Franklin tells him that he did meet himself and that himself is an asshole. <laughs> and he sees everyone else hurt in MedLab and is like, fuck, work needs me. Yeah. And and Franklin, I just want to tell you, it's not your fault that Babylon 5 is understaffed here, all right? Mm-hmm. Minimum yeah. staffing is only minimum when it can handle leaves, holidays, and vacations. Yep. <laughs> if it can't, it's understaffed. Yep. It's not your responsibility to jump to work right now. Mm-hmm. Well, he takes his time. He gives this... I like how that scene ends where him and Garibaldi are being all buddy-buddy. They do the uh, we're just bros, nothing more thing of, oh, mm-hmm. you cared about me. How sweet for you. And it's like, no, man, I, I don't want to lose 30 credits. And they give a little yeah. wink. Somebody's writing some yeah. fanfic about that. And I did like how he looks at the scene. It looks at the carnage going on in the med lab. And you're left there for a moment of like, what's Franklin going to do there? Because he does sit back down and go, you know what? That's happening. And, uh, well, we'll see how it all unfolds. Yeah, he does jump in, but I have some comments about that. It's interesting. I, yeah. I mean, because we, this is one of the few times in Babylon 5 we actually get a very strict timeline of the events in a single episode is this previous one, this one, where we have this Z minus countdown. So it's like, sometimes it's more fluid where it's like, oh, well, you know, sometimes you just cut and it's been three weeks. Mm. We know it's been two days since he's had catastrophic blood loss to, yeah. to the point of hallucination mm. and a stab wound. And I know that medicine is better in the future, but we've seen people almost die from less. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've seen people really die from less. Oh, no, I'm David yeah. Warner and I got shot in the arm. I'm dead now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Over in Sheridan's office, uh, he discusses with Ivanova and De- Delenn possible defenses for the station now that they've made themselves a target they do go on a bit here and it's like well why haven't they've attacked literally everywhere but here mm-hmm. there's got to be a reason why mm-hmm. mm, say the quiet part out and loud. the characters turned into jms himself and looked at the audience and said this is deliberate there's a reason <laughs> we don't know what it is yet though and we're going to figure mm-hmm. it out at the end of this episode bye stay tuned yeah. stay tuned is this a scene where Sheridan's breaking down his dream? Yes. Yeah. He's telling Ivanova about seeing her and the vision and mm. the things she said and what she was wearing and all that. Is is this a good scene to you? <laughs> I, I, I wonder because it's very it's very like, well, I had this dream and here's what it is. And then Ivanova will go, well, that makes sense. That lines yeah. up. Like, uh, this that, is this thing, right? This is this thing, right? Please tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> she's kind of the audience here, right? Yeah, for sure. It's a I mean, this is a flashback from a previous ep- episode. Mm. So this was, at one point, foreshadowing. Mm. There was actually a really interesting note from JMS on this scene about the Psycop uniform, because Sheridan is basically in charge of the largest organization of telepaths in the galaxy right now. 
Oh. Mm. That's not Psychor, actually. Like, yeah, and it's the the organizations are very different than the Psychor. You know, you'd you'd like to think they're very. It's very different than the Psychor, but he is sending and basically militarizing telepaths from all Mm. races right now. They're guns. That's what they are. They're they're weapons. Telepaths are weapons. That's what they were designed to be, and he will use them as weapons in the show because that's who they are that's what they are and there'll be more to to see with that i mean yeah, yeah there's definitely going to be no repercussions about that yeah. treated later better yeah all i'll say is lita lita has opinions lita deserves <laughs> better hashtag justice for lita <laughs> yeah yeah there's like the man in between is looking for you and stuff and they they yeah. theorize uh, i actually i have a, a a little bit to say about that but it is Spoily town for about two episodes from now. Uh, yes, I think I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah, the 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 apparent actual answer is spoily town for next episode, and it's really spoiler. I think it's really dumb. <laughs> so yeah, I don't like the real answer. I like the <laughs> fake answer better. I, I, I think I know what your answer is, but we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully maybe yeah. hear about it a bit later. Well, I'll just <laughs> I'll bring it up in two episodes of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Just sit in the back of your mind, listener, and then we'll talk about it on the Discord, I'm sure. We cut over to MedLab again. Franklin's back at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, sort of. I mean, he's in his civvies. He's not in his uniform. He's Advising. using a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's... Yeah, he's just rushing headfirst into his work instead of taking time to heal from his experiences and learn and grow, which is exactly what got him in that situation in the first place. What's the worst that could happen? I am going to disagree with you. Mister, I oh, kind yeah. of like this okay. because one of the things that's really interesting. One, he's in a wheelchair this entire time. Mm-hmm. Like he acknowledges yeah. that I'm not getting up and pushing myself into the into the action. And literally in infection, all the way back in infection, I I really noticed this. Is he got shot with a laser beam and he got like thrown across a room and within like a second he was getting up and putting back on his scrubs and he was going to go back to work like that's the level franklin was at while here he's keenly aware that he is not of his limitations of his limitations i'm not going to do that but i do have a mind that's available and i'm going to give that so he's not giving himself like whole like wholly to the job he is here just to advise he is here just to help people but that's it he's he's looking at it from the perspective of I'm not taking on this burden just for my own sake. I'm giving it to other people. Like, I like this. I like the Franklin arc overall. Mm. You have to have him also still be the doctor character. So you have to have it kind of be like, well, how do you transition this? And I think this whole entire scene and what he talks about with Sheridan is is the most efficient and logical way to have that be the case because i mean realistically you would argue that franklin should not be a doctor anymore in the show and just do other things mm-hmm. but it's like what would that be i don't know <laughs> walk about i <laughs> my main point of contention with that argument is i do not believe for a second that if he were physically capable of standing and having conducting surgery that he would be full back to work at that moment like, I think the only thing stopping him from going fully back into his work is that he is physically incapable of doing it. Mm. Uh, yeah. And even even pretending to be able to do it. Mm. So I, I think he should, I don't know, like, bad shit happens. You should take time and grow as a human being and not just say, I've had the epiphany. I'm good. 
that's that's not yeah. how mental yeah. work on like your mental yeah. health goes. Yeah, I, I I get this. I think one of the things that really turns the key for me, and this is the 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 point of view that I look at it is is through Richard Biggs's performance yet again. I think he just brings out a certain thing that when you lay it out in just terms of here's what happens to Franklin, it may seem a little bit lesser then, but when you have Richard Biggs delivering that big monologue to Sheridan, he says it, not with just this, I've had this epiphany, but there's this real serene quality to how he delivers these lines, these pauses, and that mm -hmm. he's a really reflective character in this. And so I, I think it's that thing he's of... He's definitely changed. He's, he's definitely, definitely changed, changed and grown. And I think this is really a case of you have to rely on the actor to sell this more than the script can at the moment. And that's what really, I think, brings it over the edge for me, because I can totally see where you're coming at it from, too. Because when I watched this initially, Franklin was not a favorite character of mine. I'm usually a fan of the Doctor characters, but I had no real opinion on on Franklin overall. But on, on other rewatches, I think he's a very, very uh, nuanced person. And I like the fact that He's flawed and he's weird and he's aggressive. And even at the end of his realizing arc, he still mm. feels the desire to be a man who has to give back. And yeah. it's like, he mm -hmm. still has to work on things. Mm. That's that's it as I well. I would like to add something, though, which is even though we do see him diving back into work, it is not the same as he's done previously. He's mm -hmm. delegating. He's going, yes. you, you, and you, you go do this thing. It's not, mm -hmm. I'm going to go do this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing, and it's all on me. He's actually utilizing the fact that he's part of a team. And I think a thing that also indicates that shift and we get to see it in action is him showing how, somebody how to use the cauterizer. Not just doing it himself, being like, yeah, let me do it. He's just like... Who taught you how to do that? You got to do it this mm -hmm. way. You got to watch me do it and, and do give it. that kind of vibe of like, okay, and now you're going to give it a go and I'm going to correct your technique. Mm. So it, it it's nice to see it in action. Maybe I'm a sucker yeah, too because this is one of my favorite JMS monologues in the show. I really like the Franklin monologue about being alive and moments and living in the moments yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's really real, too, that there's nothing that makes you a better teacher and boss, like a physical limitation. Like, mm. now you have to you have to rely on somebody else. Like, I'm, I'm coming up on maternity leave, and mm. so I'm having to actually teach my team to do the things that I do mm. so they can do it for mm -hmm. three months while I'm gone. Mm. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been planning. We've been being very mindful about it, and... I see now that in, you know, maybe the last year, maybe the last two years with my team, I really wasn't asking as much of them as I could have. Mm. But now because we're coming on my physical limitation, I'm pushing them to be better. And it it's a real thing, this scene. Yeah. There are those moments in life, whether it is something like yours or with Franklin with an addiction issue happening or even being stabbed, you, you come to a realization of so many different things in your life. And I really liked how he emphasized uh, with Sheridan, no, 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 I, I ran away. I wasn't looking after him. I, I ran away. That's what I was doing. Yeah. 
What I yeah. think is awesome about Franklin too is he's your typical doctor character, the man with an ego, a man with arrogance. And the show doesn't reward him for that. It always, like, it usually punishes him for that. It usually says, yeah. no, that's wrong, actually. Uh, you're you're going to get in trouble for that. It's not patting him on the back being like, oh, Bashir, you genetically modified genius, you. You're a cat. <laughs> you're going to have a holodeck adventure and be fun. Franklin's stories are often, he comes to a very yeah. harsh realization in the most brutal way. He had to basically crawl through glass to get to this point. And as a viewer... <laughs> who may get frustrated with him as well, I find that deeply cathartic to view as well because he's a character that is, by design, meant to be very abrasive. And you have to get to a point where you humble that person enough where the viewer can understand why you made them abrasive in the first place. Like, there was a design to it other than it's a fun TV tropey character thing. There's a, there's a reason yeah. for it. But I mean, it does give us the great memeable moment of men will literally quit their jobs and spend a month homeless until mm -hmm. they get stabbed rather than go to therapy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> True facts. <laughs> <laughs> After this, we get some weird first person coming on the station. First person camera view. Mm -hmm. They get some real eat me eyes from the Pac Mara. <laughs> Which is just like, okay, this is adding tension a bit. Does this actually make sense that all of these people are staring at Anna? Le legit question, legit question. Does anyone other than maybe Garibaldi, Zach, and uh, Vonova even know who Anna Sheridan is? Probably not. So everyone's right. reacting to, imagine. oh god, it's a lady. <laughs> so <laughs> Do either of you someone... know who your boss's wife is? <laughs> <laughs> someone called out JMS on that exact thing on the Usenet when this episode aired. And his was all like, she's an attractive lady. They're just looking at the attractive lady. And I'm just all like, that's a shitty answer. Yeah, and she's not even that attractive. No, no. I'm going to, JMS, JMS, everyone, everyone, go to that scene right now. Go through that scene to the bit where she's going into the lift. And there's this one security person who gives her a scared look like, oh my God, it's her. Now, don't you tell me that's a guy giving a <laughs> sexy lady look. That's not a sexy. Look no, at that scene. That's a I'm afraid of her look. Okay. And there's something mm -hmm. weird about this Do, do you lady. want a point of comparison? Go back to earlier season three where Zach Allen was giving the political officer the mm, sexy lady look. That's a sexy, <laughs> right. mm, sexy lady look. <laughs> this security guy's giving a, oh my God, it's her look. Completely different, yeah. JMS. You're full of shit. Yeah, it's... he does try and cover his ass sometimes. Uh, what it is, it's a TV moment. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Melissa Gilbert was like an actress of some renown. Like, you know, it's not mm -hmm. like she was just a nobody when she's walking on set here as an actress. So I don't know, maybe a starstruck extra, possibly. <laughs> but it's just it's bullshit. It all yeah. reads so weird. And this part is exactly the same for me for the Z minus countdown that started and you know at the start of the previous episode where it's an attempt at a foreign storytelling device this first person thing we don't get a lot of this in Babylon mm -hmm. 5 we this countdown is the only time we see something like this where we get a countdown to something that is not something the characters are aware of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like they don't know what this countdown's for they're not talking about it. it's not like the countdown to the election it's or something that we get in season one. It's just for the audience. And it is so foreign in the storytelling device landscape of this show that it is jarring in a way. And I mean, if, if mm. that was the goal and the argument could be made there that it's supposed to be jarring mm -hmm. mission accomplished, 
You got but me. I don't think it adds anything. Well, I yeah. I think it doesn't add anything because it doesn't make sense. Like how we just said, like exactly. all these people, it doesn't make sense. If it if it did make sense in that way, the execution visually and what it does would be pitch perfect. The thing that I don't like is they connect it to the future flash vision Delenn had in the time travel episode. And I'm like, what a, what a payoff, I guess. Oh no, it's, <laughs> it's his ex-wife. Uh, and you know, maybe this is a foreign, like we say this is a foreign element, but also just, this is clearly something that was in the show Bible at some point. It's like, oh, I'm going to fucking use it still. Because there's a version yeah. of the show where this would have made sense if it was Catherine Sakai, a character that pretty much everyone on the station knew because she did business with everyone. It would mm. make sense. But yeah. it's mm-hmm. Anna who we, the audience, don't even know. All we know is she is wife. Who dead? That's all. We have a video message from her in season two. Yeah. And it's a different, different actress. actress. Where it was Tasha yeah. Yar's sister, yeah. Yeah. And it's just... The whole thing. We get, like you said, we we get to the the payoff for the flash forward scene from four episodes ago. I think it was World Without End Part Two. It was four episodes ago. Mm-hmm. From this point, I have some like logistical questions about this Mimbari watching you sleep thing, though. Yes. Like, does she just not sleep for three days? Does she sleep during the days? Like, well, we know she just changes her sleep schedule for a couple days. Can go longer without sleep and food than humans, but she just seems human. like they would, right? Which makes sense if this were a tradition from Mimbari dating humans, but that's new. Which means yeah. this has to exist from Mimbari dating Mimbari, and if they sleep less than people, does that mean she doesn't sleep for a week? Like, how does the do Mimbari men sleep more than Mimbari women? Like. <laughs> There's my headcanon. <laughs> right. Like, it's just... Not in, not in Valen's world. The men sleep more. <laughs> nothing that says that it has to be three consecutive nights, because they don't do it that way. That is true. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. I thought you were going to mention she spends most of the time not even watching him. She's just walking around true. elsewhere. <laughs> I thought you were going to mention that. around in his stuff. That <laughs> She's already made up her insane. mind. That drives me insane. Like, I could understand, like, you're sitting there next to him, maybe you're reading a book or something or doing something else, but, like, she walks into a different area. Of yeah, but I feel house. like that's because she's seen his face, so it's kind of yeah. fulfilled for the night, so she can go do other things, and maybe she could go to sleep if play, she wanted to. Play with a snow globe. Play with his famous yeah. snow globe, which, by the way, I, I, I do adore <laughs> that somewhere in season three, they shoved that there in the background so that you can say, nerds, it was there the whole time. But no, uh-huh. it just, why does he, I mean, look, I know Sheridan's a dork and all, but why does he have a snow globe? Mm-hmm. Man, that was like the thing to get on vacation in the 90s, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Barbara should have got one. And yeah. um, no, she should have been holding one of his oranges and then she dropped the orange on the ground. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> slow shot of the orange that's a carpet. way less dramatic shot to end an episode with but it's a funnier <laughs> shot <laughs> that's fair yep that's what we get z minus two days and credits after the broken snow globe yeah and hello it's me anna sheridan sheridan's wife <laughs> just so that we the Very audience because we're wife. all sitting there going who's this lady we don't know who she is oh one of the times they actually recasted somebody okay <laughs> yeah this was a, a an adorable moment after the show ended. Uh, you know, we get the Z minus two days, and my son was watching with us, and he turns and he goes, "Delin's gonna think that he's cheating on her." <laughs> <laughs> like, so Aw. I was actually 
Beth was sitting next to me while we, I was watching this one, and she saw this scene, and she's like, oh, <laughs> shit. And he, like, he's a scumbag. It's like, no, no. <laughs> she's been dead for like six years. <laughs> this isn't his fault. This no, isn't no. Not, like legitimately. This is not his fault. This look, look. If yeah. you watch the show, you'll actually know that he he even has trouble kissing her because he's so grief stricken about his wife. Right, his dead wife. It's true. Yep, it's gonna be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a, a kinky night for Sheridan is being able to hold her hand. Jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, shucks. I gotta tell my dad about this. <laughs> You can't. Okay, now you can bring us into the end. (laughs) All right. So, on a scale of Babylon's one to Babylon five, how did we all feel about this episode? Guests go first. Babylon four? Yeah, I'm a solid four in this as well. I think it it does a pretty decent job. It does all of the switching around of space action with deep personal character things, good performances, (laughs) the music's Mm -hmm. great. It's a good. Oh, we're nearing the end of the season, and uh, it makes Franklin's walkabout almost worth it. <laughs> Don't like fully get that back. No, but it, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a great conclusion to this story strand that I find to be tedious overall. Yeah. Yeah. It, it def- this, the walkabout storyline definitely feels labored for most of its existence. So if anything, you can give it a point for ending that storyline, regardless of the ending that it got. No, I'm with you on this one. I feel this is a four. No, um, this is it's unanimous. A great episode, yeah, but it's definitely solid. It's above average if you look yeah. at just the the math of it, right? So three would be right in the middle. This is definitely above the average Babylon Five episode. It ramps yeah. up to a really great tension at the end. Mm. We're coming into some great storyline. It's gonna be good. Yep. It's kind of like the example of like what does a season three episode of B5 look like. I would say, oh, well, Shadow Dancing is a great example of what a season three B5 episode is like. Yeah. And I mean, this is an excellent season of television mm-hmm. all around. Not, I mean, by Babylon 5 standards, it's great. But by just standard television, it's fantastic. Uh, there's a lot of winners in this season for sure. And this is one of them. Next week, we have another episode that I'm I'm rather fond. I'm really looking forward to talking about this episode. We got season three, episode 22, Zaha Doom. Mm. Our synopsis tells us very little about what goes on in this episode. Oh, really? Londo's political status changes. Mm-hmm. The history and motives of the shadows are revealed. <gasps> no. Okay. That's, that's it. That's all we get. <laughs> Sounds like big things, though. I would love to, like know what the TV guide preview of this episode was. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel Good like point. so much of these modern ones are so much, mo- especially for older TV shows, they're very spoilerific. And I don't remember that being the case, like reading them as a child, but I was also a child and my brain wasn't fully developed. So the, the TV knows? spots were crazy for B5. They would often spoil and outright lie to you in the TV spots <laughs> for B5 the, that are included on the DVD. They would have the guy who would be like, next time on Babylon 5, and an electric guitar would wail. and Yeah, the same uh, Dragon Ball Z ones. Yeah, and he would come in and it would just be like, they're splicing footage from season one into a season three thing. And it's like, you're lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like YouTube, huh? 
Yeah. And then you have the DVD descriptions, which are also crazy and wild for, for the Babylon 5 episodes. And a lot of meanwhiles, or that wily Londo is used a lot. <laughs> is he wily? Is that a good adjective? I don't well, know. That's, I would call Garibaldi I mean, before the wily. genocide, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Rain and Rachel, tell us about your podcast. We are working our way through Babylon 5. We also do other sci-fi shows as well. We started off doing Star Trek Discovery. That's why we're called Yum Yum, Star Trek Discovery. Did you guys know that? Are you familiar? I I remember the story, yeah. Yeah. What a story it is. So we like to rewatch, revisit, and talk about episodes of those science fiction shows, Star Trek Discovery, Babylon 5. A little while ago on our Patreon, we finished Space Above and Beyond, which we'll release onto our main feed in a couple months' time. I uh, love Space yeah. Above and Beyond. Space Above and Beyond, which also has some B5 cast people, like minor players bleed through, as well as a lot of Seinfeld actors, strangely. Uh, and Richard <laughs> Kind is there, too. But yes, we, we talk about those sci-fi shows. We're re-watching it, so we are spoiler-specific. We, we look at it and go, okay, did you know this thing from this thing? And uh, we're having a great time. We're midway through season four at the moment, mm-hmm. so we're ahead of you guys, and uh, we're, we're, having, we're having an absolute blast. And when we were talking about what episode we want to come on for, for, for this discussion, I was like, oh, let's pick a Franklin episode, because also... Franklin's interesting in season four because, you know, I, I imagine the question is, like, what do you do now with Franklin mm-hmm. as a character after you've done the mm-hmm. big drug addiction plot? Like, what does he do in the story? And uh, it's been interesting on the rewatch perspective to actually look at that deeply as well as all of these other things. He and, gets married to Marcus. And we also like on our <laughs> show to do like a little spotlight on different actors that pop up in episodes, whether they're mainstays or, or, or guest spots. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of interesting people that you don't even know are in B5. Like the voice of Invader Zim shows up in B5 oh, in season God. four for some reason. <laughs> Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, a lot of crazy stuff. But yeah, Yum Yum Podcast, we're on all of the hosting sites, even YouTube. Just look up Yum Yum Podcast, you'll find us. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. Rachel, it's nice to actually talk with you. You haven't made it to any yeah. of the League of Non-Aligned Podcast stuff. Yeah, Rachel. Well, it's because Rachel's a teacher and we have time zone differences. So that always yeah. happens yes. at like two o'clock on a Monday. I'm like, well, I'm free. Luckily, each <laughs> time. Enough. yeah that'll do it all right well thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate it and go out there and listen to yum yum everyone we'd also like to thank jeremy siegel for making our lovely theme music you can find more of jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com and thank you to angry duck time machine on instagram for our podcast artwork thank you aaron for editing our podcast and making sure that it gets out we would not Mm -hmm. exist without you and we appreciate all the work you do yeah really and thanks everyone for listening Hop on our Discord. Uh, we've got the community there. You can shoot us an email, whoareub5 at gmail.com. Twitter, I check begrudgingly once a week. But the Facebook will see your messages on. So mm-hmm. interact with us there. Email, Discord. And thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Have a great week, Internet. Internet.